0: Greetings in the name of Jesus. Today's scripture reading is Joel chapter 2, verse 28 to verse uh, 29. I am going to read. I hope you have it on your screen. And it shall come to pass after words that I will pour my spirit on all flesh, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and the female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, for In Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there shall be those who escape. And the Lord has said, Among the survivors shall be those whom the Lord calls. Let's pray. Father, in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for this time, this time of the word, this unusual time of fellowship. But Father, we thank you that we are connected spiritually in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you that the same presence we are experiencing here, people will experience in their homes, in their cars, wherever they are, will experience the same anointing, the same power of the Holy Spirit, because your power, your presence, know no boundaries in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And hallelujah. Amen and amen. I would like to welcome everybody this morning. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us at Believers Online at our YouTube uh, channel uh, titled I Believe. Thank you so much for joining. Don't forget to subscribe and don't forget to activate your notifications. My name is Pastor Abraham Chabuse. I will be ministering the Word of God to you this morning in your homes so if you are sitting alone and you still have family members who have not joined you I'm going to invite you to actually invite them to join you have church with them let's have church and you know if I am hitting hard you know what to do stand up and shout amen and uh, let's enjoy the service amen hallelujah so, today or this morning, I am going to labor on the subject, the difference maker. The subject is the difference maker. The emphasis is on making the presence of the Holy Spirit your core. In other words, we are going to be looking at how to make the presence of the Holy Spirit our core amen now turn with me to genesis chapter 1 just to kick off so the scripture of the day is jewel chapter 2 verse 28 and 29 and also verse 32 so those are the scriptures of the day some of you you know where to find it in the book of acts so that's your cross reference amen in Acts in x chapter 2 but now let's let us go to genesis Chapter 1, just to lay the foundation. Allow me to lay the foundation of this wonderful, powerful word. And by the way, as we are sharing, as you are inviting your other family members, do share our link with your contacts on WhatsApp in particular. Let them know that church is live this morning. Let them know that there's a church that's live where the word of God is still spoken. Amen and glory to God. Amen. We are here to populate the kingdom of heaven. We are not here to play marbles indeed. Amen. Hallelujah and glory to God. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I repeat, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth right now what i want you to take out from this scripture today is the word god you underline the word god why i'm asking you to underline the word god it is because when you look at it in the original uh, uh, scriptures or the original text or manuscripts, whatever you want to um, uh, use or the original language you will begin to understand that the word God in this context or in this verse it is in a plural form in fact the Hebrews they call it Elohim Elohim it is plural it is plural so why it is plural that this introduces to some introduces us to something very important here that God is one however he has, Three distinct personalities. I'm going to repeat God is one. He he, he manifests himself in three distinct personalities, and these personalities, they differ in their functions, I I repeat. So God is one manifesting himself in three distinct personalities that vary in their functions. For example, God the Father, that is God the Father, he's the one after the fall who came with a plan of salvation. And secondly, God the Son, he's the one who was sent out to go and execute the plan of salvation. And that is why we were celebrating the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ just a week ago, because Jesus Christ was sent by the Father to die for us so that we can be saved. Saved, however, there is the Holy Spirit, the third personality of the Godhead, and the and, and the Godhead here uh, referring to the Holy Spirit. His function really is to make sure everything that is promised by God is to make sure that the words of God manifest and becomes a reality. So everything that God says is manifested by the power of the Holy Spirit and any human being who speaks the word of God, those words become life because of of the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, the words I'm saying, or my preaching now, does not have life unless these words are uh, accompanied by the Holy Spirit. And that is why every preacher, every servant of God, must always labor under the influence and the power of the Holy Ghost, because only the Holy Spirit brings life in the words we utter, or the words we say. Right. So I had to go that route to just explain the Godhead. Hallelujah and glory to God. Now, what you need to understand, you have to understand when you read verse 2 here, The Bible says the Spirit of God was hovering upon the surface of the waters. Then when you read verse 26 of the same chapter here, Genesis, you understand that God said, let us create man after our image and after our likeness. So already here you can see the plurality of the Godhead or the word Elohim, that God has three distinct personalities, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But this is well summarized in the book of Matthew Chapter 28 hallelujah jesus when he was giving the commandment or uh, admonishing his uh, disciples to go out and make disciples he says we must baptize people in the name of the father in the name of the son and in the name of the holy ghost so jesus christ summarized that hallelujah so we are not saying god is three god is one but he has three distinct personalities and glory to God. Now, the the, the interesting thing really here, since I'm talking about the difference maker, making the presence of a Holy Spirit your core, is that um, when you look at scriptures, all the way from Genesis up to the book of Malachi, actually all the way to the book of John, if I have to be really technical on this, the Holy Spirit never came upon all flesh. The Holy Spirit came upon selected individuals. So don't forget where we read on on the book of Joel chapter two. It says, "It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh." So, so here Joel is talking about the promise of God that there will come a point whereby the Holy Spirit is poured upon all flesh. However, before, while he was doing making this prophecy, the Holy Spirit had not been poured out upon all flesh. But what will happen, the Holy Spirit will come upon certain individuals as the situation required, as the task required. So if God had an assignment for somebody that required him to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will come upon him. For example, the prophets of old, you choose any of them, the way. They uttered, they were given utterance by the Holy Spirit because they say, and the word of the Lord came. And in other words, the Holy Spirit came and they began to say the things they said. And glory to God. But not only that, when you read the Bible, you'll begin to understand that uh, people like Saul, who were looking for donkeys, he joined the company of prophets and the Holy Spirit came upon him. So we see examples as you read scriptures that the Holy Spirit from time to time will come upon upon certain individual, But not only that, God says to Moses when he was tired of uh, uh, the children of Israel in the wilderness not knowing what to do with them when he was saying, actually, God, I'm tired of leading these people. And God, uh, and God says, no, just appoint people and those leaders. Uh, I'll take some of the spirit that you have in you and give it to them. In other words, the, the, the anointing that's upon you, Moses, I will bring it upon those people. But already you can see this system was not the perfect system for God, hence he made the promise that there will come a time that we don't have to rely on the other individual for the anointing. All of us, we can go to the well. All of us can go to the source of the power. We can go to where we can drink the waters of living waters so that we can enjoy this life in its full abundance. And glory to God. And the the scripture is littered, really, by many, many people who were filled with the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. And he came upon them as the situation required. You need to understand that part. However, when you jump now, you go to the New Testament, especially in the book of Luke, when it's talking about how Jesus came to be. You will understand there was a priest by the name of Zechariah. Actually, in fact, when his child uh, was born, uh, what was the name of him? John. What happened there? He he went mute, and later on, after the whole event and whole, just go read the book of uh, Luke. When Jesus was born, then he opened his mouth and he began to prophesy. He prophesied because the Holy Spirit came upon him. In other words, that era where John the Baptist was born, where Jesus was born. In other words, they are six months apart during that time, that period there. The Holy Spirit came upon Zachariah and he prophesied. And many other people that God has selected, they, they did prophesy they, because this was a special event. Even when the children met in, the, in their mother's womb, they kicked and joy because this was of the Holy Spirit. But now, what's really interesting is when, uh, what is her name now? Mary when the angels comes to her to give her the good news that she's going to be a father to the savior of the nation, the savior of the world. She says, how is this going to be? How is this possible? Because I've never slept with a man. I know nothing about this thing. So how am I? going to give birth, how how is this possible? Because you are talking about the impossible here. You are talking about the miraculous. How is this going to happen? What is the formula? And the angel of the Lord said to her, the Holy Spirit. He says the power from on high will overshadow you and what you are going to conceive, it will be of the Holy Spirit. May some of you, as you are listening to my voice, begin to conceive something of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah and glory to God. Now, let us just move on and just really get into the message. In other words, I'm saying basically we'll only see the manifestation of the promises of God by the Holy Spirit. In other words, how will it be possible, that situation you are facing, how is it going to change? I'm having news for you. I'm having good news for you. It is going to take the work of the Holy Spirit. We are facing this unusual uh, virus. What is it going to take? It's going to take the work of the Holy Spirit and glory to God. Amen and amen. Right. What I'm trying to really say uh, this morning, it is that all major miracles are preceded by the presence of the Holy Spirit. All major activities that God does, they are always preceded by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. The Holy Spirit, the presence of God, was hovering upon the surface of the waters. So everything that God does, the Holy Spirit must be there. The resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ was the work of the Holy Spirit. It says the Holy Spirit mightily work in him and raised him from the dead, but not only the dead, very same power that worked in Jesus when he he raised him from the dead will work in you. That's found in the book of Ephesians. It says the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus can operate in you. In other words, this morning, as I'm sharing about making the Holy Spirit our core, or the presence of the Holy Spirit our core, is so that we can begin to function at our maximum abilities or maximum potential, being empowered. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead will work mightily in us in in this day, in Jesus' mighty name. Now, we are preaching, and there are many other preachers of the gospel, and we need more preachers, by the way. This is not an exclusive club. Uh, You need to understand that as we are doing the work of the Lord, we will never become effective witnesses of the gospel without the power of the Holy Spirit. Anyone who's going to be an effective evangelist or an effective witness for Jesus or an effective disciple maker, they need the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't, we can't overlook that fact. Now, you also have to understand, we are living in times whereby everybody is sending some form of a prayer, and some of those prayers, when you read them, let me tell them, because I'm Pastor A, I say it as it is, those prayers, some of them are ridiculous, and I'm going like, these things are not scriptural, there's no way God is going to look at this or listen to these prayers, because sometimes we don't know what to say when we pray. We pray outside the will of God. That's human nature because human nature is not necessarily aligned with the will and the purpose of God. But God made a solution for us to bring forth or to pray effective, fervent prayers prayers that are in line with the will of God. So when we are weak, when we don't know what to say to God anymore, when we don't know how to structure our lines, the Bible says then the Holy Spirit will help us in our weakness, will begin to intercede on our behalf, in our inner men, with groanings that cannot be uttered because we need the Holy Spirit when we pray. If if you are going to see an answered prayer, it must be a prayer that has been influenced and preceded and and and, 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 and being overshadowed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's how you pray. Don't pray outside the presence of the Holy Spirit. But not only that, it is the Holy Spirit that gives utterance. Acts chapter 2 verse 4. They began to talk in new tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. So we pray in tongues or we pray because we are given utterance to pray. As I'm preaching now, I might have notes and I might have structure and everything, but what you do as a servant of God, you allow utterance to come from the spirit and by the time you finish you start to realize I have not really taught what I had on my notes because you allow the utterance to come from the Holy Spirit. May we become the generation that relies on the power of the Holy Spirit not a generation that relies on articulation and eloquence and fancy attires and fancy lighting and etc and big microphones no let us allow the Holy Spirit to give us the utterance because the words that comes from the well of life, the words that come from, from the river of life, the words that come from the Holy Spirit will give life to our generation. May these words in the name of Jesus bring you life wherever you are. May you find life and life of abundance through these lively words coming from the spirit of the living God. I'm just a servant. And thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, what I'm trying to say here, Bazalwane, is that all godly achievements are preceded by the presence of the Holy Spirit. You will never achieve greatness outside the presence of the Holy Spirit. That is why we make fools of ourselves on a Sunday morning during lockdown talking on cameras, hoping that somebody's listening. Because we know that anything that we do, we must rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. But we also know that our generation needs to know this truth. And that is why we'll do whatever we can to bring this truth. We'll make all the efforts necessary to bring the truth of the gospel. That's what we are doing here. We are not here to market ourselves or to promote ourselves. We don't preach about ourselves. We preach about Christ being crucified. Him resurrected, Him sitting at the hand of God, Him having poured out the Holy Spirit upon all flesh and glory to God. Now, you need to understand, like in this time everybody's talking about healing, every time you've opened the scriptures, somehow now every verse pops out to look like it has healing on it. May I tell you something that uh, in the absence and the presence of the Holy Spirit, For the believer in particular, the healing may not necessarily manifest. I will tell you why, because healing, it is a gift Of the Holy Spirit I'll repeat healing It is a gift of the Holy Spirit You read 1 Corinthians Chapter 12 verse 9 Healing it is a gift of the Holy Spirit Now how do I receive and experience The manifestation of this Gift of healing It happens in two ways You are either a recipient Of the gift In other words you are the receiver Of this gift of the Holy Spirit which is healing. In other times, you might not be the receiver, but you will be the worker in the field, administering healing. So yes, we are not the healers, but the Lord God Almighty has saw it fit to empower certain individual as the situation requires to administer healing through the laying of hands. Through. Through the spoken words, may you find healing as I speak in the name of Jesus, because it is a gift of God. Receive the gift of healing where you, where you are. Be healed in Jesus' mighty name. But not only that, may our nation receive healing from these viruses and any other viruses. May our world be healed today in the name of Jesus. May the gift of healing begin to manifest in our generation in a way that we have never seen before in Jesus' mighty name. May the gift of healing begin to operate in our medical practitioners. May they begin to operate in the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about medical practitioners who are born again, who are saved, who are spirit-filled. May they begin to operate in the gift of healing, they have the training, but they need the empowerment from the Holy Spirit to make them effective medical practitioners. And glory to God. Jesus. Oh, Jesus, will we finish on time today? Okay. It looks like we will finish on time. Just hang on there. Hallelujah and hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now the other thing that I want you to be aware of still found in the book of 1st Corinthians chapter 12 verse 9. It is thus faith is also referred to as a gift. In situations like this, you need the gift of faith. Not what you have been going around thinking is faith. Sometimes you need the faith that is a gift that's coming from the Holy Spirit himself. Me pro- making the proclamation that I just did now, they were not preconceived or pre-blend or pre-written. We utter such things as the Spirit gives us utter, and that, say this, and you say that, and this pushes me to a level whereby I'm now operating at the gift of faith, whereby you believe that God can do the impossible in this time whereby everybody has lost hope, but you go like, no, 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 no. Against all hope, I can hope, I can still believe that our generation will be saved by the Lord God Almighty, and that is the Holy Spirit. So, fundamentally, an effective life can only be attained by having the Spirit or the Holy Spirit at the core. All prophecies are inspired by the Holy Spirit, any godly thing we do is the product of the Holy Spirit. Any powerful sermon is the product of the Holy Spirit. Anything that is godly comes from the Spirit. doesn't come from us because we are wise or better than anyone, etc. It is the work of the Holy Spirit. Right. Let me just go next. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6. Uh, It will be on your screen there. You can read with me. Then he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. It is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Emphasis here. You have to come to a point in your life to realize that it is not by might nor by power, but it is by the spirit of the Lord. Amen and glory to God. Are we still together? Now, Isaiah 10, verse 27, reads as follows. Is it on your screen there? And hopefully it is. And it shall come to pass in that day that this burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulders. People are carrying burdens. Not only that, there is a yoke on your neck. It says, and his yoke from off thy neck. Whatever you are carrying, it says they come to, there's going to come a time it's going to be taken away. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. So there are certain things will never change in your environment or your situation until the anointing breaks them. It is the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. It is the power, the presence of the Holy Spirit that will break this yoke and, and, and this bondage of this corona, for example. It is the power of the anointing. And we speak the power of the anointing amongst those who are in the health profession that they have to begin to operate in the anointing and that is why those who are in such spheres it is important that they pray before they start their shift it is important that they pray during the shift it is important that they pray after the shift, it is important that they continuously remain in prayer talking to God in tongues trusting God that whatever they are doing is going to manifest the gift of healing to their generation, we don't want to hear of medical practitioners contracting diseases but they should be administering the gift of healing to people and therefore we pray for them that uh, let them realize that there's a higher power that can work in them there is a God, uh, his name is Holy Spirit who can work in them in the name of Jesus Christ what I'm trying to say here is that the yoke can be broken this cycle can be broken by the anointing Power of sin in your life can be broken by the anointing. We must have the desire to be in the presence of the Holy Spirit. We must have the desire to carry the presence of God everywhere we go. People in scripture, like Pope Moses, they'll tell you, unless you go with us we are not leaving from here. Well, let us become the generation that seeks the presence of God before we make the next move, before we do anything, before you start a ministry, before you do anything, before you start the sermon, before seek the presence of God. I've been asking myself, how can I preach great sermons? And I've learned a simple lesson. Great sermons come from the presence of the Lord. They don't come from commentaries and other things like that. The great sermons that make a difference in the lives of people, they start in the presence of the Lord. They start in the presence of his word. May we, those who are still laboring in the fields, seeking to deliver people, that we should go back to the presence of God. May those who lead in worship go back to the presence of the Lord. I know this is a time whereby you are not doing your ministry of worship. Take this as an opportunity to return back to the presence of God. We are tired of of songs that are on key and on point and no presence. May those who are ministering praise and worship go back to the presence of God. May everybody who's serving God take this as an opportunity to seek the presence of God because everything that we do should be best from the presence of God. If it's not from the presence of God, uh, take a pause. Uh, Wait until he directs you. And glory to God. And that is why I'm also saying run away from sin. Because sin will choke the presence of God in your life. I haven't forgotten about Duel chapter 2. I'm going to close with it. I haven't forgotten because some of you are going like, no, it's going to come back very soon on your screen. But let's go to Acts 10. That's our last scripture. Acts 10, verse 38. <laughs> How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. With the Holy Spirit and with power, he went about doing good. Now, listen to this and healing. All who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Listen, how God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost and with power. By the way, that is why we call him Jesus Christ. Because the word Christ means the anointed one. So we had to call him the anointed one because his life was the life of an anointed person. Everything, when you look at him, you just see anointing, you just see the glory of God, you just see the presence of God. I'm reminded that the garden, is it the garden of Gethsemane when they were coming to arrest him and uh, (laughs) they say we are looking for Jesus, he says I'm him, but because of the anointing and the presence of God upon him, those who are about to arrest him, they fail. Because there's so much power in the anointing. He had to hand himself over. He says, you can take me. Ah, That's what the anointing will do for you. And I'm encouraging you, live the life of the anointing. Don't live in the natural. In fact, overcoming the the, the life of sin, you have to be led and be influenced by the Spirit. Look at Galatians chapter 5, as it's from verse 22. You begin to produce godly fruits. Of fruit, which is love, joy, peace, and all those things gentleness, that comes when you live under the influence of the Spirit. So we can live holy lives when we are influenced by the Holy Spirit. Now I just want you to be aware of this fact. from his conception, Jesus, it was the Holy Spirit. As he grew up, it was the Holy Spirit, the hand of God. When he stood up to start his ministry, he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed, listen, he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And you can finish the verse on your own. So my, the point I'm trying to say, Jesus had to acknowledge the presence of God in his life. He had to acknowledge the Holy Spirit in his life. Oh, glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Because Jesus was fully man and fully God. In other words, he needed the anointing to do what he did. So if you're not understanding me, here's a bomb for you. Without the presence of the Holy Spirit in his life, Jesus Christ, would have been an ordinary man. I won't be preaching this morning. He needed to have the presence of the Holy Spirit. What it means is that there is no salvation outside the presence of the Holy Spirit. Salvation is also the work of the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit never rose Jesus from the dead, there will not be salvation. Oh, 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 glory to God. Now, just look at this, so Jesus did everything he did because of the anointing. He delivered those who were oppressed by the devil He healed people, but not only that, he did a lot of good. We have a lot of people who are trying to do good. Giving away food packs without the anointing is just wasting time. You need to be anointed to do good, to administer good in your generation. You need anointing to serve the poor. Ah, Glory to God. I'm forgetting I'm not a church. I'm not talking like I'm in our church. Okay, we are life, okay? <laughs> right, that's me, as always. Hallelujah. We can't finish this without being authentic, all right? <laughs> now, now as we go back to Joel chapter 2, you can go slowly now to your Joel chapter 2. I just want to say that the apostle Peter, was an ordinary man. But maybe before we really read it, uh, read it. let us read well too quickly together. It shall come to pass afterwards that I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see vision, even the male and the female servant. In those days I'll pour out my spirit. Now, just to conclude the sermon, I said from time to time the Holy Spirit came upon certain individual as a situation required, as God desired, right? And we, I gave you some good examples. But I just want to say that that period is over, whereby the Holy Spirit was reserved for certain individuals. John paved the way, Jesus came, he died for us, he rose. Then after he rose, he says, remain in Jerusalem until the promise of the Father has been sent on you. But before that, he also said, I'm not going to leave you alone as offense. I will send you another just like me, the wonderful counselor. He's going to be with you forever. He's going to abide with you. I'm here to say that has been fulfilled. And that will has been set in motion. That's what we shared on Wednesday, that uh, the will was set in motion. Joel was talking about the day of Pentecost when it has arrived, that God will open the floodgates of heaven, whereby he'll begin to pour out his spirit upon all flesh, I can tell you that day, it was sons who were prophesying, it was daughters who were prophesying, I can tell you it was women who were prophesying, but not only that, it was men who were prophesying, it was the old men who were prophesying. They, they, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak the wonderful things of God in prophecy as they were talking in tongues. Some began to see visions, and some began to have dreams, but they The point is the Holy Spirit came upon all flesh and since that day, even now, even tomorrow, the Holy Spirit is available for anyone. But before the Holy Spirit can come upon you, just like Peter said, you'll have to call upon the name of the Lord. Whosoever, verse 32 says so in Jewel chapter 2, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But salvation is the work of the Holy Spirit. Once you saved. You are in for this powerful life of the anointing. The anointing of the Holy Spirit becomes yours but the requirement is that you must call upon the name of the Lord and the Holy Spirit is for you. He has been released for anyone who's going to be calling upon the name of the Lord. Let me show you when the Holy Spirit is at the core of an individual what he does. The Bible says the disciples, the Pharisees and all those people, you know, the Sadducees, they looked at the disciples of Jesus at what they were doing. They looked at the things they were saying and they say, but these are unlearned men. And they made a conclusion that this has been with Jesus. And it says these people, they, wherever they gathered as they prayed, the Holy Spirit will come upon them and it will shake the place. And I'm saying, may the Holy Spirit shake wherever you are right now in the name of Jesus. But not only that. Since that day, the Holy Spirit came upon the Gentiles. People who were not of God before, they began to experience the power of the anointing. The anointing was released to all mankind. In other words, all nations. It does not matter you are black or green or what. It is for you, this anointing. The Holy Spirit is for all of us. The presence is for all of us. All we have to do call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved and as you begin to believe in him the gift of the holy spirit is for yours It is for you in Jesus mighty name now peter or apostle peter was a checkered man in other words he did not have a good track record it, it, at some point he had highs and at some points he had very lows and at some points were just average you know the story about peter at one point he was about to cut off somebody's ear so, at some point, he's prophesying. You know, that, that that's, that's Peter. At some point, he's denying Jesus. At some point, Jesus is saying to him, feed my sheep. He, he was a chuckered man. But a change comes when the Holy Spirit came upon him. He stood in a podium that was never created. And he began to speak the goodness of God. As he spoke, suddenly there was a crowd Over 3,000 people, I can tell you, because the Bible says that day, the number of disciples that were added to the church were more than 3,000. But this is a man with no good track record. So what I'm trying to say, your past, my dear sister and brother, is not important. Call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You shall be saved, you and your children. And glory to God. Paul uh, Paul and Silas there, they were in prison and it was tough for them and they were miraculously saved from the prison and the jailer says to them, what must I do to be saved? I think it's Acts chapter uh, 16 verse 32 there, 31 to 32. And then he says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. Now listen to this, you and your family. The Holy Spirit, it's not just for you as an individual, it's for you and your family. Ah, we are trusting God for anointed families. We are trusting God for families that have the presence of God. You don't have to be running to church, of which fellowship is very important. Don't misunderstand me. But in your house, it should be the sanctuary of the presence of God so that when you go out to fellowship with other believers, when this lockdown is over, we are coming, carrying the presence of God. And in conclusion, ordinary men and women over history they achieved great results, I'm not going to mention any of them, but I'm just going to say ordinary men and women achieved great things in their generation because of the presence of the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And may, they, may you begin to see that you can be a difference maker in your generation outside the presence of God. You want to make a difference in this generation Number one, seek the presence of God. If you are not a born again person, call upon him, be saved, then live in his presence. And guess what? As I've already spoken this word, I can tell you, you are ready to receive him. So I'm going to ask you as families and everybody to stand up that this promise of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was for us even here in South Africa today, that We all can be saved. I just want you to just pray after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. I call upon you. Save me. Deliver me. Heal me. Prosper me. Give me a life of abundance. I want to be your child. I want to be born again. I want to experience this power that we're talking about today. I want to experience the anointing in my life. I want to be a difference maker, but before I can be a difference maker, I need the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that makes a difference in ordinary lives. Father God, I just want to thank you for those who made that confession. I thank you that they are now born again. Help them find Bible teaching churches when this lockdown is over so that they can be discipled and grow. But also, Father, we also thank you that some of them you will make sure and make it possible for us to connect with them. In Jesus' mighty name. And those who are still anxious, may they find comfort in this way, but not only that, may they find fellowship of the Holy Spirit. This is no longer going to be just a term, but they're going to begin to experience the fellowship of the Holy Spirit in their life. As they continue doing the works they do, if they're in the medical field, I thank you that they'll have the comfort and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And those who don't know what tomorrow holds, may they find the comfort and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit to be sufficient for their lives. And Father God, I just want to thank you for all the ministries that are continuing to do your work. Oh God, bless every one of us who are still doing your work, and those who are discouraged, Father, I pray that revive them, revive them. May they come back to the mission field and continue to do your work in the name of Jesus. I give you the honor, the glory, and the adoration. Amen.